Well, greetings to all of you this morning. Many familiar faces as Leon shared, but some new faces as well, which is always a good thing to see. So what a blessing it is to be here again to worship with you this morning. I feel I often, when I come here, I give a little school update on how the school is going in Shenandoah, and last number of times been begging for teachers as well. I am very happy to report this morning that all three teachers that are currently teaching at Shenandoah Christian School are planning to return. So that feels really good. We're blessed with some wonderful teachers. Dawson is Dawson Boss. He's teaching his third year, coming back for his fourth year. And then Andrea Morley is teaching some of the younger classes. And then her younger sister, Bethany, is teaching kindergarten this year. So we have a class of six in kindergarten. For Shenandoah School, that's, that's our biggest class. The school is growing, and we have a few community families now sending their children to school as well, which feels really good. But the need, as we're growing, the, the staff need needs to grow as well. As if the student numbers are growing, the staff needs to grow as well. So we are looking for two more teachers, ideally, for this coming term. Ideally would be for another man and a woman as well. So if you're here and would have any interest in that or know of anyone that would have interest, please feel free to contact myself or anyone from Shenandoah. This morning, for a message, I would like to stir your minds a little bit for the introduction, maybe do a little bit of Bible trivia. I'd like to talk about a word that is mentioned 16 times in the King James Version. This word is only mentioned specifically in the Old Testament in the King James Version. Now, some other translations would use this word in the New Testament as well. So 16 times, in the, all in the Old Testament, in the King James Version. Mo, I, I'd like a response from some of you. Some of you can take guesses at this, and I'll say this yet. Most everyone appreciates when others possess it. When you see this character trait in others, it's something you appreciate. And I believe it's something every one of us desires to have in our own life, and yet sometimes difficult to always live out. Do I have any guesses yet what that word might be? I preached this message last week at Shenandoah, and I had a few people guess, and it took a couple guesses until they nailed the word I was looking for. There, so there might be some, a number of words that it could be from what I've described so far. I'll add this yet. It's a character trait that I believe is disappearing from society rapidly. Anyone brave enough to guess? Patience. Patience? It's not the word I'm looking for, but a good word. Joy, not the word I'm looking for, but another good word. Courage, Courage I heard that. Self-control. Um, none of the words yet. Maybe I'll give a few more clues. So, who said integrity? Dale got it right there. That's the word I was looking for. The ne my next clue was going to be, there's a few men in the Old Testament that God mentioned by name as, as men of integrity. And we just studied Job in our Sunday school lessons the past number of weeks. 
And God, Job was one of those men that God talked about as a man having integrity. The title of the message this morning is Walking in Integrity. Before we go into some points that I would like to build on with the message, I'd like to look a little bit at the definition of integrity. So I don't know what all comes to your mind when you think of integrity and what it is, but I have a few definitions. Hopefully you can see that in the back there. I wasn't sure how well it's going to show up on the white wall. So definitions of integrity. I have a few that I wrote down. The first one, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. And the Hebrew word translated integrity means the condition of being without blemish, completeness, sincerity, soundness, uprightness, and wholeness. So again, the Hebrew word, this is mentioned 16 times in the Old Testament in the King James Version. Another way to define integrity would be to say integrity is being the same on the inside as on the outside. And also, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. I mentioned we all appreciate people of integrity. And I'm not preaching this message this morning because I believe there's a lot of people here that don't have integrity. But I know what it's like in my own life. Sometimes it's always... It's hard to always be a person of integrity. Sometimes we face difficult decisions in life. Are we going to take the path of integrity or are we going to be a hypocrite? For a little object lesson, I would like if I could have two volunteers come up here this morning. Raise your hand if you're brave enough to come up here. I see one. You can come up here. I see another one, but they might be a little too young. Anyone, you know, about this age, give or take, it's really not that important how old even an adult can come forward. We need one more. I'll say this, there's going to be a reward for volunteering (laughs) over here. Uh, One behind Stuart. Sorry, I'm not so good with names here as this younger generation is growing up. I'm at the age where I usually recognize parents quicker than always the the children. So, I have a little something for both of you to help illustrate what I want to share. I'm going to give you each a candy bar. Now, here's what I would like you to do. You can turn and face the congregation. I'd like you to each open your candy bar so others can see the candy. And after you open it partway, you can hold it up for everyone else to see. Does that look pretty good, what you found inside? One of you seems to think so, and the other one not so much. What is your name? Travis and your name? Tanner. Travis and Tanner. So Travis, hopefully you can see what he pulled it up high for everyone to see. What, what it looked like, what would be inside, wasn't so good after all, was it? it turned out to be a piece of plywood. doesn't look very uh, inviting to eat, does it? Now, Tanner, yours is breaking a little bit. You want to hold it up high for everyone to see? So you have the real deal, right? You have what's inside what was supposed to be, right? Yes. So sometimes, a thing about integrity being the same on the inside as what is on the outside 
the word reputation, sometimes people can have a good reputation for a time, but not always be a person of integrity. Sometimes you probably know, knew of people who you thought a lot of and then found out something later that they weren't actually living a true life. They were a little bit like this candy that Travis got where it was a piece of plywood instead of chocolate, what was supposed to be inside. So you can set them right here. And I did say you'll have a reward. So I'll give each one to you. Maybe wait to open it until after the service. And hopefully you both find chocolate inside of those. Thank you very much. You can go back to your parents. So as a, an object lesson or as a visual, I'm going to set both of these up here this morning. And I would like to think about each of us, think about our life and do we have the same inside what is appearing outside? So this morning you're all dressed up, you look nice. What does your heart look like? And only God can see into the heart. And I believe every one of us desires to be the real deal. You know, what we represent outside is what the same as what is happening inside. That is God's heart, that we are true inside and out. So the title again, Walking in Integrity, there's a verse that I have up here. It says, he that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Proverbs 10, 9. Now I'm going to put that up here in the English Standard Version yet. It says this, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So this proverb, this truth that Leon talked about, the truth that we can glean from God's word, God's pure word, this writer says, one who walks in integrity can walk securely. We all want to walk securely, right? We want to be person that, a person that has secure steps. Well, that can be done when we walk in integrity or live in integrity. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. So there's the contrast, someone walking in integrity and someone living a double life. And I want us to walk in integrity so that we can walk securely. And I believe, as a body of believers here at Myerstown this morning, we would all say, yes, we want to walk securely. That's a desire that we all have. We want to walk in integrity so that we can walk securely. Now, contrast that again, you probably all met people in your life, whether you were doing business with someone or relating to another person, where you questioned whether they were telling you the truth. It can be frustrating talking to somebody, especially doing business with somebody, where they have the reputation of making their way crooked or not always being a person of their word. Because you have to decipher, you know, what is true, what is false. When someone lives a life, of, a life of integrity, and when someone walks in integrity, you don't have to decipher whether or not they're telling you the truth. You just take them at their word, and it is a blessing to be able to do that. One of the benefits about speaking the truth, you don't have to remember what you said. You know, a person that lies, in order to continue to get their, or to continue to get their way or to continue backing their lies up, they have, to, they have to lie more. And they have to remember what they said previously so it matches up what they say again and again. So when you speak the truth, you don't 
the blessing, you don't have to remember what you said. You just speak the truth. Now, I mentioned about something that is disappearing rapidly in society. There were some statistics taken that I would like to go over here briefly. They come from the article written, The Day America Told the Truth. And here was a survey done that really reveals the decline in integrity in America. So what happens when integrity is lost? The first one says only 13%, now this is in the survey, only 13% said that they see all Ten Commandments as binding today. Well, most of the Ten Commandments, Jesus came in the New Testament in the Sermon on the Mount, and he even raised the bar. Jesus said, instead of not just killing someone, don't even hate others. So Jesus raised the bar. These Ten Commandments are, I believe, still applied today throughout the New Testament, or many of them. So there's a lack of people in society, as Americans, that believe the Bible is God's pure word. And then, so only 13% they see is that the Ten Commandments as binding today. Then 91% admitted to lying regularly at home and at work. That's a high statistic. 91%. Most workers admitted to goofing off on the job about seven hours a week. 50% of employees admitted to regularly calling off sick for work when they were perfectly well. No one ever would ever do that here, right? Being people of integrity. Another question they were asked, what would they be willing to do for $10 million? 25% said they would abandon their families for $10 million. 7% said they would kill a stranger. Now, these are some alarming statistics. When I read through these, there was a number that I, that I don't even want to put on the wall up here, what people would be willing to do for $10 million and the lack of integrity that people have in America. Now, this is statistics at large. Some of these might sound really far out there, but in the really sobering part, I read elsewhere that some of these statistics that were done, Christians versus non-Christians, it was very alarming how similar they were in areas of integrity. Now, there are some non-Christians out there with, with, with some integrity, to a certain degree anyway. As Christians, as God's people, we should have a stark, there should be a stark contrast between the secular and the Christian. We should, our lives should be very different. And I do trust that it is here at Meyerstown that these statistics would not apply to us. So those are some statistics, and then the points I would like to look at is, number one, the choice. Secondly, the price. And then thirdly, the blessings. I want to look at these three points in the message this morning. Moving to the first point, the choice. I have this picture up here. Hopefully you can all see that. Living a life of integrity or walking in integrity is a choice each one of us will make. We don't just make this choice one time in our life. We don't just make it two times in our life. But it's really a choice that we make many times a day, every day that we face. Are we going to choose a path of integrity 
Are we going to sometimes choose a path that's easiest and become, you know, really make or live a double life, live a life of hypocrisy where the externals still look good, everything looks good on the outside, but really inside, we are, our inside does not match the outside. As I reflect over my life, this is sobering for me. There was a time in my life during my teenage years where the externals may have looked good, but inside I was no different than a piece of plywood. My inside and my outside did not match. I was living a double life. There were many times in my path in life I just took the easy route. I went the path, the way the path that pleased others or would keep me out of trouble or so I thought and I took the, the easy route and not always the path of integrity. And I would like for each one of us this morning to think about our life. We're all on the path. We're all on a journey. Is your life producing a life of integrity? Does your inside match the outside? Does your personal life match your, your personal and private life match your public life? Are you the same on the inside as the outside? There was a time where I spoke lie after lie, unfortunately, to my parents, to others, because I was more concerned about my reputation than about living a life of integrity. I say that with much shame. But I praise God for the work that he does. I praise God that when we're honest, when we confess our sins, that he can cleanse us. And the good news is that no matter where no matter which path that we are on this morning, when we choose to be honest, we can walk with God, we can have a relationship with God, we can be cleansed from our sin, and we can become a person of integrity with God's grace. As I was studying for this message, I was blessed as I read about the life of David. David is a man that God mentions specifically as a man of having integrity. And I have down here, integrity does not mean we have never failed. So if I ask you if you're a person of integrity, I trust many of you, if not all of you, are a person of integrity. But if I ask you if you've, if you've lived a perfect life, well, not one of us could raise our hands, right? We've all failed. We've all sometimes taken the path that was the easiest path and, always, and sometimes did not take the path of integrity if we're honest with ourselves. Really, Jesus was the only one that modeled perfectly the, a life of integrity or complete integrity. So integrity does not mean we have never failed. And there is a verse. This is the Lord speaking to Solomon, and he says this. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart, and in uprightness, to do according to all I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgments. So the context of this, this was after Solomon, had the temple was built. The Lord came to Solomon again. The first time, I believe, when the Lord came to Solomon was when the Lord asked, told Solomon he can ask whatever he desires. Solomon asked for wisdom. Now the, the temple was built. The Lord comes to Solomon again, and he's encouraging Solomon to walk as David his father walked as a man of integrity. Now, most of us, if not all of us, know David's life well enough 
that we know David was not always a man of integrity, right? Did David fail? There were times when David fell. There were times when David fell hard. But when I read this, this blessed me. If God could call David a man of integrity, a man after God's own heart, how much hope should that give you and I this morning? No matter where we are in our life. So walking in integrity is a choice we make over and over again. So no matter what our past is, we can choose the path of integrity. You can turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12. And the context of this passage is, I talked about David a little bit, and we know David did not always live a life of integrity. The one time was when he sinned with Bathsheba. She was pregnant. David did some things he never should have done. He had Uriah put on the front, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, put on the front lines in battle. Uriah was killed. And then we have God using Nathan to go before David and call him out for his sin. So that's 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I'm going to just paraphrase a few of these verses, but I do want to read some verses from this chapter as well. So Nathan comes to David. And Nathan tells David a story. He talked about a rich man and a poor man. And he said said there was once a time where this rich man had many sheep. He was a very wealthy man. But there was also a poor man. They lived in the same city. A rich man and a poor man. This poor man had one sheep. And this poor man loved his sheep. The Bible says he even loved it as his own daughter, I believe is how it says it. So this poor man, his only sheep, really cherish his only sheep that he had. And this this rich man had many, many sheep. One day, a a visitor came to the rich man, and they were chatting, and this rich man decided he's going to make some food for this, for his visitor. So he goes out to his sheep and collects the sheep, right? How many know know this passage well? No. He thinks about this. He says, he thinks about his own sheep, and he decides, you know, he doesn't really want to kill one of his own sheep to feed his visitor but he knows the poor man has a sheep so he goes to the poor man the one that loved his sheep dearly he takes the poor man's sheep and kills the poor man's sheep so that he can feed his visitor is that being a good man when David heard this story it made him very angry he said that man should be killed for taking that poor man's sheep and then Nathan turns to David and said David You are that man. You're the man who took the poor man's only sheep that he had. Now, I'll start reading here at verse 7 in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And this is again after he talks about the poor man and his sheep. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom. And I gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto you such and such things. So here Nathan's telling David, David, you're the rich man. You've been blessed with all this. You have this and you have this. And if you would have wanted more, you could have just asked me and I would have given you more. And David took Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and uh, committed adultery with her. And he's calling David out for his sin. But the very important part that I want to get to here is in verse 13. 
after Nathan points his sin out, David says unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away my sin, thou shalt not die. And we could read on about the consequences that David faced. His son that was going to be born from Bathsheba died because of the sin. So David did face consequences because of his sin. But I have highlighted in my Bible, in verse 13, I have highlighted the words, I have sinned against the Lord. I do not believe that God could have talked about David being a man of integrity had David not owned up to what he had done. David recognized, he said, I have sinned. I had seen recently in a video of a man that was confronted for stealing. And at first he denied it, denied it blatantly. The police were right there in his face. They had enough evidence that proved, you know, that it was him. He was a guilty one. He kept denying it, denying it. Until they got a search warrant, they went into his house and they found the exact items that they were looking for. It was only then that the, the man was also there that he had stolen from, that this man that stole went to the man that he stole from and said, yeah, like I, I wasn't sure that they were, if they were abandoned items or he just went on with some really, really lame excuses in the beginning. That, when I saw that, it was not a sign of repentance from that man. He was more sorry that he got caught than he was about being repentant. And in verse 13 here in 2 Samuel chapter 12, David says, I have sinned. And the key part, if we want to live a life of integrity, we must all own the fact that we've sinned. I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have taken the path of the path that was not a path of integrity. And if, again, it is a choice that each one of us make. We all have the opportunity. We are all living here today. We have the opportunity to live a life of integrity or to walk the path of integrity. And I ask you this morning, which will you choose? Will you choose to do what David did when God reveals something to you in an area that you have failed? Will you say, I have sinned and own it and repent from it? For the sake of time, we won't turn there, but Psalm 51, probably a psalm that most of you are familiar with, a beautiful psalm of David crying out to God in repentance for what he had done. And also another beautiful psalm that David wrote, Psalm 101. I'm not gonna, you don't have to turn there for the sake of time, but some of the things that I have noted here that David wrote, he said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. A froward heart shall depart from me. So these were some commitments that David had made. Was he a perfect man? Well, no, he wasn't. There were times where he failed. But God saw right into his heart. God saw when David looked like plywood on the inside, when he was you know, trying to cover his sin, when he was not being genuine. And God used Nathan the prophet to expose his sin, and David did confess it. And God said, David is a man of integrity. And I believe it is possible for God to have a conversation with someone else and call you out by name and say, see my servant they are a man of integrity. They are women of integrity. Praise God for that hope that we have. So I'll ask you the question, are you choosing to walk in integrity? I have a few things that I noted down here. I want us to think about relationships. So every one of us 
are in relationship with someone or with many people, or that's how God desires it. So thinking about parents and children, so, or children to parents. So you children here this morning, are you living a life of integrity with your parents? Are you, are you telling the truth? Are you a boy or a girl who when people hear you talk, when they hear you say something, they say, I believe this person because I know they speak truth. Can your parents trust what you say? What about parents to children? Are we, being, are we walking in integrity as we relate to our children? Are we being transparent with our children? What about those of you who are married to your spouse? Are you living a life of transparency? Are you living a life of integrity with your spouse? Are you being open with each other? What about business? Are you earning your wage fairly, being a man of, or a woman of integrity? Do people know you as a person of integrity because of past experiences? What about the church body? Do those of you who you are in a church body or church family with, are you known as being a person of integrity? Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't ask, are you known? Are you a person of integrity? Like I talked about, it's different than reputation. What about, you know, Tony was the, taught the Sunday school class I was in this morning. I enjoyed the class, and he talked about being the same, not just uh, on, or being the same during the week as well. Sometimes we can look good on Sunday and throughout the week live a different life. Are we walking the path of integrity, not Sunday, but each day of the week as well? So the choice, are you choosing the path of integrity? I wanted to put this verse up here earlier, but again, the key verse for this point, I have sinned against the Lord. David recognized that, and every one of us must recognize this as well. If we're going to live a life of integrity before God, we need to confess that we've sinned. We've, we've fallen short, and we need God's grace. We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from the areas that we've failed. So the price. Sometimes... People could be further ahead financially by lack of integrity, right? At least short term. There are some people that don't really care how they do business as long as it, it creates a profit. There's a Bible verse in Proverbs that says this. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Proverbs 28, 6, that's in the ESV. So better is a poor man who walks in his integrity. So I take it from this verse. It is better to be poor and to be known as, or to be a person of integrity than it is to be a rich person, but yet who is crooked in his dealings or who is unfair in business. A few more statistics that I've found regarding employee theft, and this is from the American Psychological Association. It says this. It, is, it was noted that inventory shortages cost department stores and specialty chains $8 billion every year. 10% is attributed to clerical error, 30% to shoplifting, and a whopping 60% or $16 million per day to employee theft. Those are huge numbers. So... 
six, 60% or 16 million per day to employee theft. Thinking about the lack of integrity and again, this verse in Proverbs, the rich man who is crooked in his ways. There are many people out there that don't really care how they receive their money. They just, they want to, they're, they're pursuing wealth. They're pursuing riches. So a dishonest, well, I'll put it up here. A dishonest person may have short-term gain. So can a lack of integrity actually make you richer for a time? I believe it can, at least for a time, until, you know, word gets out, until you're caught with what, until the person is caught. So thinking of those statistics and how alarming some of that is, and I mentioned in the in the introduction about some of the statistics, Christian versus non-Christian being fairly similar. And these are a few that I noted down that they said, said were, there was little difference between religious versus non-religious in these specific areas. And I'll just go through, through them quickly. It says, Christians are almost as likely to falsify tax returns, bribe to obtain a building permit, ignore construction specs, illegally copy a computer program, steal time, exaggerate a product, tell people what they want to hear, or selectively obey the laws. Now, as I read through some of those, (laughs) this can get tough, right? There are some laws that we are asked to abide by that are almost impossible to carry out our jobs and, and make a profit. And I believe there are some times where it does take discernment. But overall, what are we portraying to... God, what are we portraying to the world? Are we, are we genuine? Is our outside matching our inside? Or are we living a double life? Is it really plywood on the inside and we don't really care what we need to do to make a profit? It does matter how we live. But in the end, integrity always wins. We can fool people at times, but we cannot fool God. There was a story I had read of a mother that was telling her young son how it is so important to always tell the truth. And she was telling her one son the the one day, she said, you know, even if we don't know as as, as mom and dad, even if we don't know, if you're telling us the truth, God knows. God is watching and he knows. And the young son thought about this for a little bit, and he asked, but will God tell? <laughs> Might be a little humorous. Will God tell? You know, see, he was processing. Well, are they going to find out? See, there's many people that live their lives in such a way that if they can get away with it, they won, right? They don't really care or think about the fact that there is a security camera watching. You know, security cameras are really nice sometimes, right? And some I believe it does prevent a lot of theft where cameras are monitoring. But ultimately, there is a security camera that none of us can hide from. God is watching over, and our life is on camera. It's in camera in our bedroom. It's in camera when we are using our, or it's being surveyed when we're using our phones on the computers. We are being, our lives are being recorded. And the Bible talks about, Revelation 20, There is going to come a day when our life is going to be revealed or opened. One day we're going to stand before God, the the judgment throne, Revelation 20, and 
there's going to be a book opened, that, a book that is recording our life, and we are going to be judged by what is written in the book. We're going to be judged for how we lived our life, both in private and in public. So does integrity matter? Well, yes, it does. And integrity will always win in the end. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ's Lord. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Another verse in Romans says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So it can be frustrating sometimes when we see so much integrity being lost, when we can't trust people. But we can remember that one day, they also are going to stand before God. And the book is going to be open, and they're going to be judged for what they have done. It is not going to, they're, they're not going to get away with it forever. So the blessings, let's get there quickly. The blessings of integrity, they far outweigh the price of integrity. And I would like to look at this under this point, both in personal blessings and the, the blessings that, are, that others can receive as well from a person walking in integrity. The first one that I noted here was under personal blessings is a clear conscience. For those of you who can relate to having a guilty conscience, a conscience that was a guilty conscience where you went to bed feeling guilty, you went to bed feeling the weight of your sin, you went to bed knowing that you're living uh, a life that others don't really know about. Your public life and your private or your yeah, public and private life do not match. I know what that is like. I know what it's like to go to bed feeling the weight of that. But the blessing of a clear conscience, when we're honest, when we say, I have sinned, when we repent, when we make it right what we have done, when we go back to the people that we've wronged and make things right, what happens? We can experience a clear conscience. That far outweighs the, the short-term gain that can come from a lack of integrity. A clear conscience, a tremendous blessing to lay your head down the pillow at night knowing that all is okay. It's all under the blood and that we are free from sin. And then secondly under that is intimacy with God. An, an honest and sincere heart is where God's spirit dwells. What a blessing it is to have a relationship with God. We know that sin breaks that relationship. We can't have that closeness, that intimacy with God when we have that guilty conscience. But what a blessing it is to have a clear conscience and to experience intimacy with God. And David knew what it's like when he wrote Psalm 151, verse 6 says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, not external. God desires truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. How is your life this morning? Is there truth in your inward parts? Are you living a life of integrity? And then secondly, integrity blesses others. A trustworthy person. I talked earlier about the frustrating part of doing business with someone that you cannot trust. How many of you would like to go buy a vehicle from somebody that you know is very dishonest? And 
I'm not much of a mechanic, so when I go to look at a vehicle, I just, I really appreciate when someone is sincere, when that can tell me what's wrong with the vehicle rather than just try to sugarcoat everything. What a blessing it is to do work with a trustworthy person, to work with a trustworthy person, to be friends with a trustworthy person, to know they are men and women of their word. They are a huge asset to society, a trustworthy person. And I believe, again, it's declining more and more in our society. Many people that are not trustworthy. And then also a rule model. Thinking about a person of integrity, what a blessing it is to have someone to look up to that you you know that they are living a sincere life, that they're living a life of integrity, and to be able to have them in your life as a role model. Now, all of or most of us, if not all of us, have someone or some people that are watching you and appreciate what they see in you, and they're expecting you to live a life of integrity. So the person who lives a life of integrity is a role model for others to follow. What a blessing it is to be able to have people that we can trust. There's another proverb that says, The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Maybe one of the greatest blessings that we can give to our children as parents is to live a life of integrity. Our children, this verse says, are going to be blessed by us living a life of integrity. I'm so thankful this morning for godly parents who are living lives of integrity, sincere lives. I have experienced a tremendous blessing from my parents living a life of integrity. I would like just to think very briefly what this world would be like if everybody lived a life of integrity. What would change? Be heaven on earth, right? <laughs> I just wrote a few things down. So can you imagine going to an airport where there's no security get, to get through? <laughs> no metal detectors? You wouldn't need it. People are being men and women of integrity. They wouldn't do anything that would harm somebody else. You could just walk right on the airplane. Can you imagine uh, there'd be no security cameras, you know, trying to prevent theft? There'd be no reason to lock your doors lock your vehicle from people getting into it because if people live their life of integrity, they would never take anything that's not theirs. There'd be no uh, lawsuits. Think about insurance policies against theft and against uh, people trying to sue. You, you wouldn't have that. People living a life of integrity. I'm sure you could build onto that list. So I want to challenge you and challenge myself to Make a difference in this world by being a man, being a woman of integrity. I want to leave that challenge with you. So in conclusion, thinking about the choice. Again, I'm going to hold these two up. Which does your life represent? And I trust that we are all striving to be the real deal, the same outside as what is on the inside and not being a person that that does not match. The choice is yours. Will you commit to being a person of integrity? And then the price, 
living a life of integrity is not always easy. And my guess is there's each of you, if not today, this week, you're going to be faced with decisions where you're going to have to choose which path are you going to take. Are you going to take the easy way? Are you going to take the way that leads to some extra money? Are you going to take the path of integrity? Are you going to be an honest person? Not always easy, but it'll be worth it all. And then the blessings. Again, this verse. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Lack of integrity, there can be some gain short term, but long term, integrity always wins. God desires for, for all of us to walk in integrity so that we can walk securely. Will you choose the path of integrity today? Will you choose the path of integrity this week? May God's Spirit continue to work in our lives as we go throughout this week, thinking about how we are living our lives. Let's choose to take the path of integrity. Let's together walk in integrity. Thank you so much. Why don't we all stand for a closing prayer, and after the prayer, if you can have a song, and you can be dismissed after that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your pure word. I thank you that we can glean truths from your word. And I thank you that you can refer to us as men and women of integrity in spite of the times that we've failed, when we are willing to be honest, when we are willing to confess that we have sinned and that we've fallen short, when we repent of our sins and turn to you, I thank you that we can be men and women of integrity. And I pray that we would daily choose the path of integrity, that we could walk in integrity as we go throughout today, as we go throughout this week. Give us each the desire to walk in truth. And I pray if your spirit has spoken specifically to anyone about an area where they have not walked in, in integrity, I pray that they would make that right with you and if need be, right with others as well. pray that you would just guide us as we go from here. Help us to be bright and shining lights for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.